Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, hello again. It is time for a brand new episode of Just Pod, baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. Happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you out there. I hope that you have the opportunity uh, over the next couple of days to honor our U.S. military and service men who have fallen while defending our freedoms and our country, which of course is the ultimate sacrifice. And I did want to get this episode out to you guys before you got all busy this weekend. And I'm sure you got a lot going on with picnics and barbecues and spending some time with the family. So I wanted to make sure that you had a chance to listen to the show. As I said, this this episode of Just Pod Baby is brought to you by SportsHunt.com. A lot going on over there at the website. Please check it out. A lot of coverage of not only NFL, but NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs with the Stanley Cup uh, final starting here soon. Uh, we've got you covered with all the major events Also, I would like you to go ahead and pause the show right now. I want you to pause the show and then go click the subscribe button. That's correct. Click the subscribe button. Please follow the show. And while you're at it, follow me on Twitter as well at egrot 5 The Raiders did hit the practice fields this week as OTAs got underway. Uh, But it didn't come without some controversy. It would not be the Raiders' way to not have at least a little bit of controversy. We'll get into a little bit more of that uh, in just a little bit. And then also this week, we do have a guest. I was starting to do some preparation for the show, doing some reading out there, seeing what articles were being put out, what people were talking about this week. And I saw I saw one up at Bleacher Report by Christopher Knox. And Christopher detailed in, the, in, the, in his story his predictions uh, for Raiders players that he thinks could be in store for a breakout season. So I reached out to Chris, and and he was kind enough to agree to to join us. So in segment two, we will we will talk to Chris, and we will get his three picks uh, for his breakout players. And we're going to hear a little bit as to why he believes um, that 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 he chose those three players. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Um. Also this week, we, we did hear from Josh McDaniels. He spoke with the media on Thursday, um, along with Devontae Adams and Max Crosby as well. And there were some interesting sound bites uh, that came from those those press conferences. I will spend some time in segment one giving you my thoughts, uh, specifically on what Josh McDaniels had to say, a couple of the things that he had to say, uh, and a little bit of what Devontae Adams had to say. And, and I have to tell you, as I was preparing um, for the show this week, I told you I was doing some reading. I had my plan. I had it all set where I was with the direction of of the topics that I was going to go to, and then I had to pivot that and change the plan up late Thursday afternoon as as the news cycle changed up on me. You know, there's been plenty of of different discussion points out there surrounding the Raiders this week. Of course, you had the the Aiden O'Connell uh, jersey number. 
debate and, and, and drama, I'll call it, that was that was ongoing uh, on social media. Some people not happy with the decision to, to for the Raiders to allow him to wear that jersey number. Don't worry, we're, we're not going to get into that discussion here this week. You also had Tom Brady, who 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 the announcement that was made that he's going to be a, a new minority owner or part owner uh, of the Raiders this week. That was a, a, another topic that you know got some differing opinions uh, amongst the fan base. I'm not going to go there either with that one. Too much drama and too much divisiveness, which each, with each of those topics, but. Then I was given a gift. Josh McDaniels hit the podium around 12 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Um, but what I didn't know was that uh, would, what is what we would learn just after he took the podium, just a few minutes later um, when McDaniels was talking, uh, Vic Tafer of, and, and, and Tashawn Reed at The Athletic released a story uh, breaking the news that Jimmy Garoppolo had foot surgery in March after the Raiders signed him. So that is where we're going to begin the show this week. I'm going to sprinkle in some some sound bites from from some of the other topics, some of the other questions that were asked at the press conference. But Jimmy Garoppolo is is the main focus in segment one here. He had foot surgery in March. Josh McDaniels was asked about the surgery and asked about when the Raiders may see him on the field. He didn't answer the question specifically. If you haven't heard it yet, let's take a listen. Yeah, I'm not, again, I'd say the same thing. There's a number of guys, um, and I'm really, honestly, not going to talk about the specifics of those things. Um, uh, Again, those are private to those guys uh, individually. Um, But, uh, you know, everything that's happened since we've signed Jimmy, uh, we we knew ahead of time it's the same thing with Tyree. I would say it's the same thing with you know, a number of guys um, that we're aware of. So certainly had an awareness of all of it. Um, and again, our our preference is to not to push and rush anybody back at this point in time. Could we? I mean, you could make that decision. It's just you know I think the most important time of the year is going to happen when we get to training camp, so that we're we're ready to go. We can do the work we need to do in August. So that's what Josh McDaniels had to say when he was asked if, if indeed, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did have some sort of off-season surgery. And and look, I, I understand not broadcasting to the world uh, that news. I understand the the players' privacy, uh, but you know, part of me it also thinks that you know they were trying to keep this in-house for, for a number of reasons. But I think one of the reasons also is that they didn't want this news to get out because they knew that this could bring some scrutiny on, on them. I, I really do believe that. I, I think they know that some people were going to criticize them for for making the decision to bring Garoppolo in, knowing that you know he needed some off-season surgery. And, and I have to tell you, I don't want to make a bigger deal of this than, than what it is. You know, the Raiders don't play a game for a very long time, as McDaniel said uh, in his press conference today. I think it's over 100 days away before they, they take the field for their first game. I'm sure Jimmy G will will be fine. I'm sure he'll be good to go um, at some point in training camp. But I had my reservations, and I, and I know many of you did out there as well, about signing Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I understand why they went that route. I've talked about it a lot on the show, 
but I, you know, I have to be honest, um, this doesn't necessarily make you feel real confident, right? This almost makes me feel like the, the, the decision to go after Garoppolo looks a lot worse. The, the narrative surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo is that he can't stay healthy. They then go out there and sign him knowing that the, the foot needed to be worked on. And they recommended, uh, the, the 49ers team doctors thought he could be okay without the surgery. When he came in to have his physical with the Raiders, they said, no, we, we want you to get surgery. So that's where they're at right now. From a fan's perspective, though, it does make you weary. It really does. And it, and it just doesn't help ease any of the concerns that that you and that and that I have and other fans have with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and whether or not he can stay healthy this season. Now, I've also seen some people out there who are trying to, you know, spin this a little bit more in a positive way. And I'm not saying spin it, but put a little bit more of a positive tone behind this, suggesting that, okay, you know what? It's going to give Aiden O'Connell some more reps and OTAs. And sure, that's true. That is true. And that and that would be a good thing for his development as a young quarterback to, to get more reps, to get more practice. But what about the time that Garoppolo is, is missing out on right now? You know, the time to develop. Uh, the on-the-field relationships, the on-the-field chemistry with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer and everyone else, the offensive line, okay? You can you can have all the conversations on the side that you want. You can have all the, the film sessions that you can get in on the side, but there's nothing like the time on task on the field. That That's critical time there. It's valuable time that's going to be lost. And then on top of all of that, you know, we're talking about a quarterback who since 2017 when he joined the 49ers has missed 31 games and has had three season-ending um, injuries. You know, he, he hasn't even taken a snap as a Raider yet, and he's already missing time. It's just not a good look. In my opinion, it's not a good look, and it's very hard to sell this to your fan base. The fans that were concerned that this guy's an injury waiting to happen. So that's where I stand with that news. Uh, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. Maybe I'm making this, you know, making it, maybe I'm making a, a mountain out of a molehill. Um, but I'm going to move along here now to my next topic. And, and not to beat a dead horse with this topic, but I've been pretty vocal about this one. Um, one of the things that I have been questioning ever since the draft was the decision uh, to to draft Trey Tucker in round three, and and I'm you know I still haven't been convinced. I've had plenty of time now to think a little bit longer and harder about this pick. I'm just still not a huge believer uh, in the pick, and it's not necessarily the player. It's not that I don't believe in the kid. It's it's more so I just did not like where they selected him, and. My, my thoughts on that have not changed. In fact, they've only grown, grown a little bit stronger, especially with the news this week of, of the rule changes that are going to be happening this year on, on kickoffs with the touchbacks, anything inside the uh, a fair catch, right, inside the 25-yard line. I'm sure you know the rule change by now. Um, and and I've, said, I've said this many times on Twitter. I've talked about it on the podcast. I just think drafting a return specialist – Okay, and that's what he was. That's what he was. I know he he also played receiver, 
but he's going to be an undersized slot receiver in the NFL, a gadget-type player. When you make that the selection in round three, when the NFL is trying to change the game, the special teams game at least, they're trying to limit the amount of returns on kickoffs and make no mistake about it. That's what, what the rule change is all about. They Essentially, they want to take that play out of the game because it's a dangerous play. You've got guys running full speed down the other end, okay, trying to take people out. It's a very, very violent part of the game. They want to make the game safer. That's one ways one way for them to do that. Anyways, uh, when McDaniels was asked about what he has seen from Trey Tucker, obviously it's a very small sample size, only having a chance to work with him at rookie minicamp and then a couple of days of OTAs. Uh, anyhow, let's take a listen to what McDaniels had to say. Well, when we, you know, when we evaluated Trey uh, coming out, uh, first of all, Trey is a captain. He's a extremely bright guy, uh, hard worker, um, impacted in them in the kicking game and offensively. And again, this is a guy that can run, uh, really run. And so, you know, you take a guy like that and, you know, there's a number of ways that he could um, factor, um, you know, played on the coverage teams at Cincinnati. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things that he that he did that maybe didn't show up in the stat sheet, um, but productive on offense, productive in the return game, productive in the coverage units, adds an element of speed and toughness. Um, so. Again, this is his third third day, you know, out here in, in OTA. So, um, you know, still learning a lot, like all the rookies are, but um, excited about, you know, what, what Trey can do. Now, we all know speed was a major element of, of that pick. You know, obviously the Raiders lack a real burner, and every offense needs one. You need a guy who can stretch that defense, and he mentioned – also that he was a team captain at Cincinnati, the versatility in the return game, covering kicks as a receiver. I understand all of that. I know they love versatility. But this guy was not super productive at Cincinnati. Uh, more drops than touchdowns. I've talked about that before. So I just, I'm just not seeing it. As a top 100 pick, I think you need a little bit more. In order to meet the value of a third-round pick being drafted in the top 100, he is going to need to be a really productive player uh, for the Raiders. I mean, we're talking guys who are dropped. Most guys who are drafted inside the th- the top 100 are starting or, or you know, playing serious snaps. And I just don't see it right now based on the way things currently stand with Hunter Renfro still on the roster. Uh, I don't see it. And, and again, this is all based on what I I know about the player, what I've seen from the player, uh, going back and having watched him a bit more since he was drafted. I'm always going to pull for the player to to prove me wrong, and I hope that Trey Tucker does that. I really do, because that would mean really good things for the Raiders, and I had no problem being wrong. Um, but at, at this moment, I still believe it was a, it was a bad selection as as far as value is concerned, and I, and I think the pick could have been used uh, more wisely, I guess, or, or better off using it on someone to address one of those weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the final piece of uh, the discussion here to begin the show, we're gonna we're gonna shift it to Devonte Adams. You know, I I didn't record a show last week. When the news came out of his comments that he made, 
Um, you know, and I don't have the direct quote here in front of me, but something along the lines of, you know, not seeing eye to eye with the, with the vision of the front office and the, the direction of the offense. Um, as I said, I don't have the direct quote here in front of me. It is the month of May. There's not a lot to talk about right now. So I think people in the media and, and fans made a bigger deal of this than, than maybe what it was. I think some people were speculating that maybe he was unhappy and, you know, would he be traded? Um, I, I think he cleared that up today. Let's, let's take a listen to some of what he had to say. Well, I mean, it's no, it's not really setting the record straight. I mean, I think a lot of things get taken out of context when you don't have uh, an interview to look at or people don't know the full story. So at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there's going to be opinions and there's going to be, um, you know, you're not always going to see things the exact same way. But, the, you know, when, you, when you've earned a, a right to have an opinion or you, um, you know, you see things a certain way or even, you know, going into the, the operation this offseason, obviously, you know, I made both fun of having Aaron here a lot. And why would I not talk about having, you know, best quarterback to play the game and a guy who I have a lot of history with. So that's who I had on my mind initially. So, you know, that was never a slight at Jimmy. I didn't even know we were you know, pursuing Jimmy. So it had nothing to do with any of that. And then obviously I put something on social media saying, um, you know, don't hit me up. Don't stop hitting me up if I haven't talked to you recently. Don't don't hit me up about this 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 stuff. And that was I already said what that was about. That was clearing up the whole um, you know, me just getting bombarded with messages like, Oh, what's going on? How you feel about this and this this and that. So I mean that could have been anybody. Um but at the end of the day um, like I said um, a couple times now, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to, to work with you know the new guys and Jimmy's a great guy, love him to death. Um, I didn't know him very well before he got here, but getting to, getting to work together a little bit, be around each other, um, getting to know him, you know he's a he's a great guy and definitely excited to get to work with him and, and everybody else that's in here. Um, you know as far as the the front office, I mean. I haven't had a relationship in, you know, in the past, this is 10 years for me in this game. And I haven't had a relationship like what I have with those guys. So everything's get taken out of context. I wouldn't be here. I mean, I told you guys right after the Derek thing, you know, I was here to stay and I wasn't going anywhere. So. All right. That was a little long winded there. I, I actually cut it a little bit short. If you listen to the full interview, he had a lot more to say. He was actually someone followed up with another question. So, there's a lot there if you want to check out that full interview. But listen, you know, we don't really know Devontae Adams as well as maybe the Green Bay Packer fans know Devontae Adams. Uh, he's only been with the team for one year. But what I have learned about Adams is that this guy, he he is a straight shooter. He, he is an alpha male. I wish the Raiders had three or four, you know, just like him. Um, when he says he loves the coach when he says he loves the the GM and and he respects and cares about the men that are in the building then you know what i believe him um as as far as the comments that he made about not seeing eye to eye um with the direction of the team and the offense you know i, I don't i don't really that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me because i i i value actions more than i do words and his actions tell me that he's 100% invested. I, you know, so again, words are words, but actions speak a lot louder to me. And I would say this as well to some of you that might still be doubting um, if he's genuine or not. I'm sure many of you out there would agree that there's been a time that you've been at a job where you didn't always agree with the, de- the decisions that were being made at the top. 
with or you didn't necessarily agree with the direction that the company was going in. I, I know as a teacher that there's been uh, principals or superintendents that I have worked for over my you know 16 years teaching that you know what I didn't always agree with them. But you know what? That didn't prevent me or it didn't prevent you or any other person who's in the business world or or whatever your career might be, that doesn't prevent you from from going out there and doing your job to the best of your ability. And and so I, that's the way I look at it with Devontae Adams. Even if he really doesn't uh, you know, agree with what's been going on, I still think he can still go out there and, and give it 100%. And that's what I expect him to do. I don't think it's in Devontae Adams' DNA not to play hard, not to give it 100% because he is just, he's a competitor. He's a baller. That's what he does. And that's what I was saying. Like when he's an alpha, he just, he just wants to beat the guy in front of him. And, and, and that's why, you know, I enjoy watching him so much because, because he is such a competitor and, and, you know, I'm glad that he finally kind of squashed this whole thing before it got too much, you know, before it got more out of hand than it, than it already did. Um, so, you know, I I think that's, it's a good thing. I I know, I I think again, people were speculating that maybe a trade could happen down the road if he was unhappy. Um, you know, I looked at, not to mention, I looked at some of the cap numbers just to see, you know, if it could be possible financially. And let me tell you, it's, it's, that contract is untradeable. Uh, so that's not going to happen. Um, you don't have to worry about it. You heard him right there. He's happy. He's a Raider. He's not going anywhere. And I expect him to do great things uh, with the Raiders again this year. All right, that is segment one down. I'm going to get to a break here. And, and when I come back, we will go out to the phone lines and we're going to speak with Christopher Knox of Bleacher Report to talk about potential breakout players for the Raiders. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back here on Just Pod Baby. Hello again, Raider Nation, and welcome back to Just Pod Baby segment number two as the Raiders begin off-season training activities, the first of a couple of different sessions here for the Raiders to get together and and work a little bit on the field together. Uh, It's the first time we uh, have have gotten some information from Raiders headquarters since, since the draft, so it's good for us looking to get a little bit of a football fix. Uh, please do me a favor, go out there and subscribe to the podcast. You can you can find Just Pod Baby on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can also find all of the episodes housed at JustPodBaby.com as well, which is a de- uh, website that's dedicated to the podcast. So I encourage you to check that out as well. What we're going to do now is we're going to go right out to the phone lines. And we're going to keep the conversation going here. We're going to bring in our guest this week from Bleacher Report. Christopher Knox joins us this week to talk some Raiders football. Chris came up with his list of predicting uh, breakout players for the Raiders. And that story is available right now on Bleacher Report. So, Chris, we thank you for the time. And before we get into some of the discussion on the individual players that you selected that you believe could be in store for a a, a larger role or, or a bigger year for the Raiders, I want to begin the discussion, you know, on a on the schedule for the Raiders and, and how you think they could fare this year with what I think is a pretty challenging schedule uh, right now on paper. Of course, they play the, the 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 AFC West, the teams within the AFC West division, the Chiefs twice, the Broncos twice, and the Chargers twice. That's six. 
really tough games right there. They're also going to face the the teams from the AFC East division. And as we stand right now here uh, in the month of May, that looks like a pretty tough division. You also can throw in a couple of games with playoff teams from last year, the Vikings and the Giants, and then a road game against a team who I think is is definitely on the rise after the way they finished the season last year. That's the Detroit Lions. And to me, that's no cakewalk of a schedule. What are some of your thoughts uh, on that Raiders schedule? Yeah, it's a um, it's definitely one of the, the tougher schedules that I've, uh, I've looked at. Um, I did win loss predictions for the team after the after the schedule came out, and um, it, it's definitely up there with with some of the rougher ones. Now, uh, I speaking of that that win loss projection, um, I did see that I, I saw you had the Raiders with a six and eleven. Uh, record and I and I actually predicted the same. I, I did a prediction last week on the show. I think six uh, six wins um, right now is it's a pretty fair number. Maybe they could get to seven or eight wins if, if things you know go their way. But uh, there's a lot of new pieces on this roster. What what's some of your rationale with the Raiders uh, at six and eleven? Yeah, definitely part of it. Um, I think from a raw talent level, I think they could. Could be a seven, eight, maybe even nine win team, but I don't see that because there are a lot of variables involved. Um, is Garoppolo going to Jacobs going to have the kind of year he had last year? And I'm not 100 percent sure that winning is the biggest priority this year. I feel like this is really the this is year one of the rebuild is how it, it feels to me. So I think kind of figure out who they can develop long term it's going to be a lot more important than wins and losses this year. So I think we might see some kind of odd lineup changes throughout the season, just kind of getting a feel of, of who's who's available, who's going to be available over the next two, three years for the team. So I, I don't know that the effort's going to be – I mean, obviously the players are always going to put in the effort to win, but I'm, I'm not sure that's the biggest goal for the front office this year. Now you mentioned uh, Jimmy Garoppolo – uh, is the new quarterback of this team? You know, let's let's go back a little bit. What did you think about the move, uh, the decision by the Raiders to to move on from Derek Carr, who had been the quarterback of this team for for many many years, to move forward with now Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, there's a lot of uh question marks out there, I think, with him because of his his time with the 49ers, which. He won a lot of games there, but many believe that was in part to a you know support of a good defense. What, what do you think about the move to to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in? I understand it. I'm not me personally. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, but again, that's looking at that from a perspective of, of trying to win now, and I don't think that's really the biggest priority. Um, I think it's very logical because he can execute the offense that Josh McDaniels wants to install. So it's going to help them evaluate players within the system very well. I I don't think it's an upgrade at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. We're we're chatting with Christopher Knox uh, from from Bleacher Report, and you can follow Christopher uh, on Twitter at Chris underscore Knox, and that's Chris with a K. Um, 
You know, you mentioned, you know, the rebuild that's underway, and I, and I don't think there's anybody that can deny that at this point. Dave Ziegler, the Raiders general manager, w- was active in free agency, added a lot of players, didn't necessarily go out there and make a splash signing by any means, but what did you think about what he was able to accomplish this offseason, uh, both in free agency and through the draft and, and, and in the direction that he has uh, the Raiders heading as he looks to kind of turn this roster over in Las Vegas? Yeah, and that's like a lot of the moves they made in free agency also kind of lead me to believe that winning is not going to be the biggest priority. They brought in some some decent some decent players. I, I'm a big fan of Austin Hooper. David Long's a pretty good DB, um, but I think a lot of these players are kind of replacement level players um, for the short term. Jacoby Myers, I think, is more of a long term move, and that's someone they're going to want to keep in the system. Where I think they really really succeeded was in the draft. I think they had a phenomenal draft. I think Tyree Wilson is going to be perfect for what they're trying to do on defense. Um, I really like his defense. He can be part of the edge rotation. He can also kick inside so you can get Jansen Crosby on the edges. And I think that's going to be great, great for the defense. Uh, Michael Mayer is my favorite tight end in the class. Um, I really like some of the mid-round guys they got. Ja'Korian Bennett's um, been one of my favorites throughout the draft process. And I, I think he's going to be a starter within a couple of years. Excellent. Excellent. That's good to hear because uh, there's. I think there's been some mixed opinions on the draft. I think for the most part, people agree with you. They like the the top two picks with Wilson and and, and Mayer, but uh, kind of a, a mixed bag uh, with some of the later round picks. Uh, but good to hear that you you like what they're what they've done. Let's jump into your list now. Uh, again, I mentioned the story that you have up on on Bleacher Report where you predicted three players who you think could stand out a little bit more for the Raiders here in the upcoming season 2023. We'll start with, you mentioned uh, guard Dylan Parham as the first player on your list who was the third round draft pick uh, from last year. And I, and I think the offensive line could definitely benefit from having someone other than Colton Miller emerge um, and be kind of a consistent force uh, on the offensive line. If you could, please share with us a little bit of your rationale as to why you think Parham could be a breakout candidate. So I've, I've actually been pretty high on Parham since uh, last year's draft. He was, I think I did predictions for the Raiders uh, coming out of last year's draft and had him pegged as a starter for at least over half the season, which he did. Um, what I really like about him, he's got excellent recognition skills, really good footwork. Um, he gets handsy at times and he'll, he'll right now can rack up a lot of flags. Um, but when you see him passing off stunts on the interior, he's really good at recognizing where the plays are going. And I think his deficiencies right now are things that can be coached up. And uh, Priscilla is an excellent, excellent off-the-line coach. And I think he's going to do a great job of, again, coaching linemen for what McDaniels wants to do in his offense. So I, I expect some pretty pretty good year-two growth from Tom. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Parham is a, is a good candidate to have on a, a list like this. Overall, I thought, you know, when you look at the Raiders offensive line, they, they really overachieved last season. And I, and I had the offensive line as one of my biggest concerns going into the season last year. And, and I still think it's a concern this year. Uh, because they didn't really make any upgrades anywhere. So I, I do think if Parham can take a step forward in year two, that would mean good things for the offensive line. Uh, the second player you, you talked about in your article uh, is running back 
Zamir White, who was also a member of that 2022 draft class. And I was, you know, personally, I was expecting to see a little bit more of him last year based on, you know, the system that the Patriots had, uh, you know, with, with more of a running back uh, by committee. But he never really, you know, made the jump. Um, and, and of course, Josh Jacobs was outstanding last year, so it was really hard for him to to get on the field when Jacobs was playing so well. But w- what do you have forecasted for Zamir White in year two? I think I think his opportunity is going to break out. Um, to break out is based on the opportunity. I think we're going to see some more of him uh, throughout the season. And I, I really don't know that Jacobs stays past this year. And so, and and I hate to just assume that everything the front office is going to do is in that Patriots way, but it would be a pretty typical Patriots move to kind of use Jacobs as much as they can and then replace him with more of a committee backfield or the next guy up or whatever. And I think he can play that kind of hard running Damian Harris type role that the Patriots have had throughout their backfield. Um, I really like his running style. He's not the best third down back, um, but but I think we're going to see a lot more touches for him this year. So it's although it's going to be based on opportunity. Yeah, I think you nailed it there with your, uh, you know, when you mentioned the future of Josh Jacobs kind of in limbo uh, beyond this season. I think it would make sense for McDaniel's to try to sprinkle in some more. Azir, uh, Zamir White and kind of see what you have in this kid. And that could, you know, that could help make the decision that they have with Jacobs if they want to decide to give him a long-term option. If they know you have something behind him and Zamir White, then maybe it would be, you'd feel a little bit more comfortable than, than moving on from Jacobs if that's what right. they decide to do. Um, the, the final of the three that you mentioned uh, in your piece is a player on the defensive side of the ball. And that is Jerry Tillery, who, of course, they re-signed uh, this past offseason. And I and I agree that the the defensive line needs someone, especially along the interior, to help out some of those guys they have on the outside: Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and now Tyree Wilson, uh, the rookie that we mentioned. Tillery could be that guy. Tell us why you believe this. Well, I think the, the second year under Patrick Graham's going to play a, a lot of that. Um, and I, I think the Raiders are going to use him more to his strengths than Los Angeles really did. He's since he came out, he's not been the most consistent run defender. Um, he, he doesn't plug gaps frequently. Um, but he's really good at getting off the snap and creating pressure. And I think they're going to start using him more as an interior pressure guy. Like they can use Terry Wilson at times, um, to kind of bring a little bit of that pass rush up the middle. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I don't think that he's going to emerge as a full-time starter, but I think he's going to be a very high-quality rotational player. Yeah, and he's going to have some competition there because they did they did draft um, Byron uh, Young out of Alabama in round three, and they also signed a couple other free agent de- defensive tackles as well. So they're definitely trying to make some upgrades there and hopefully get something going as far as a pass rush. Uh, from the interior. But Christopher Knox, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us. We appreciate your insight. Uh, Raider Nation, go out there and support his work on Bleacher Report. And as I said, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris underscore Knox. That's K-R-I-S underscore Knox. Chris, thank you for the time and, and keep up the good work. Thank you. You do the same. All right. Interesting stuff there uh, from our guest, Chris Knox. And I, I think for me, what I was Taking away the most from from that conversation um, would be his comments about maybe the the number one priority, at least within the front office and maybe even the coaching staff as as well, is 
is maybe not winning games. You know, not obviously they want to win games, but you've heard many times uh, Dave Ziegler say that you know he's he's considering long term when he makes decisions, but with with the short term in the mind as well is to be competitive now, but always having an a, an eye on what's best for this team in the long run. So I thought Chris really made some good points there that. Um, when you look at some of the moves that were made, a lot of these guys are maybe one year, you know, a lot of one year contracts that were, were signed. When you look at David Long Jr., his contract's one year. Duke Shelley, his contract is one year. A lot of these other contracts are for one year. Now, the Jacoby Myers contract, that's that's more of a long term deal. He's a guy that, as he said, he thinks is, is you know, part of the plan uh, for the long haul. But I do agree with him when I when I when he said you know the Raiders they want to be competitive now but I think this is year one of the rebuild and that is something that I've talked about is that I think that's something that's hard for Raider fans to wrap their head around because this is year two of uh, Ziegler and McDaniel's but essentially year one uh, you know they're going to be given a mulligan for that because they they tried to win now they brought in some stars Chandler Jones and Devonte Adams. They paid Crosby, they paid Renfro, they paid Carr, and it didn't work out. So now you pivot and you're going in a completely different direction. It's a full-blown rebuild, and so they have to be giving a little bit more time to see this plan through. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I want to thank you again for tuning in and for all the support, uh, as always. Um, hope everyone enjoys the weekend. Again, happy Memorial Day weekend. Please take the time to you know, reflect and honor again our servicemen and women who have who have given the sacrifice of their lives while protecting our freedoms and you know allowed guys like myself to sit here and, and talk behind this mic and, and do all the things that we love to do and all the freedoms that we love to have. It wouldn't have happened without all these these great men and women that came before us and, and helped protect our freedoms. So uh, take some some time this weekend to to you know, honor them. Until the next time everyone, I am your host Evan Grote. Take care, have a great weekend. And as always, just win, baby.